Welcome to Breadcrumbs. This is the prophetic journal of a girl who's more than happy to eat the crumbs off the master's table. If you're like me, then listen and be encouraged that even in the whispers and mere shadows, our God still speaks, and he has a lot to say. Last night I saw myself and I was backlit by what looked like the flush of dawn. It was peachy, orangey pink. And on my head was the strangest crown. It looked like a constellation. It was a series of lines that were interconnected and joined together by what looked like little stars. I heard the word mantle and I heard the word matrix. I'm going to reference that word by Lana Vosser again. It's the one that speaks of heralding his glory. In that same word, she mentions each reverberation of his roar over each one contained a rhema word that was specifically for them and for this moment in their lives. She said this is a time where he will be releasing specific words about what each of us was made for, what our assignments are. And I know last night that he was showing me mine. Gathering up all the breadcrumbs, this is what I see. Matrix means an environment in which something develops, the surrounding structure of something, something within which something else develops and takes form. In ancient Rome, a matrix was what they would call a parent plant or a mother plant whose seeds were used for the production of other little plants. That is how the Lord has used me. When I got this picture and these words, I felt so strongly that it was linked to mom. I kept hearing mom, my own mother, and my own mothering about being the structure or scaffolding that brings together things. Isn't that what a mother does? My mom certainly did. Interestingly, the KJV translates womb sometimes as matrix. In Exodus 13, it talks about the setting apart of the firstborn of the matrix or womb. In Numbers 18, it says the first of the matrix or womb are mine, set apart for me. And aren't wombs the environment in which things grow? That's what the bodies of mothers do, and it's what they continue to do in their families as they nurture and sacrifice and water their little ones with everything they have to give. I don't think we can have a discussion on the word matrix without talking about Keanu Reeves. I was a teenager in the 90s, so I absolutely watched and loved that movie. And I for sure went and bought a black leather jacket after I saw it. But here's the thing, the premise of that movie is about how humans are living within a hidden scaffolding, a hidden womb of sorts but it's an evil womb, and we're duped into thinking it's good. It's about how the creators of that womb must be rebelled against so we can be free. I've done a fair bit of street ministry in the past few years. The concept of living within an evil matrix is very common among the people of the streets of my city. I believe it's one of the favorite stories the enemy tells. He whispers into the ears of those who are living a life that's very difficult, who are living a life of bondage. One of the things that I believe the enemy tells them is that the engineer of this terrible womb, 
this rigid, awful matrix is God himself. That he doesn't care about us. That he took some kind of sick glee in building the video game, dropping his creation inside of it and then walking away. One man told me he thinks God watches for entertainment. How far from the truth that is. I believe the gifts that God has bestowed upon his children are one of the ways that he asks us to reveal the beauty of the womb that he has made for us. This earthly realm that holds us for a little while. He filled it with good things and he infused it with his presence and he breaks into it every moment of the day to speak to us. The prophetic is just that. It is bringing the voice of God to men because surrounding the womb of the earth is the greater reality of the spiritual realm, the eternal realm. Yes, we mostly do not understand it. It is mostly unseen for now, but it is the greater reality and it's a good one. Matrix also speaks to the very specific way he's designed me to work prophetically. I don't get big, long, epic visions. I don't hear the audible voice of God. I don't have the gift of tongues. I do not get long messages that I transcribe and read. He gives me little breadcrumbs. He gives them by the handful. He'll give me a series of little pictures, a handful of very clear words, and then he makes me work really hard at it, at puzzling them out at putting it all together and listening really hard to find out what bits go with what. Like the crown I saw on my head, he's given me the ability to connect the dots, so to speak, to seemingly take disconnected things and connect them by Holy Spirit threads to create an image that slowly comes into focus. A few years ago, I was part of a nonprofit and we took a personality assessment called Strengths Finders. And one of my top five strengths confused me at first. It was called strategic. And remember, I'm new at this prophetic thing, so at that time, the full weight of understanding that I now have regarding how the prophetic works was totally lost on me. But listen to what it says about people who have this particular strength. Very quickly, they can see patterns where others only see complexity. They sort through clutter to find clarity. They discard things that lead to a fog of confusion. I once had a vision of tray of ornate little metal bits that I knew was related to writing. It looked like typeset for old printers. Those tiny little metal letters and punctuation marks that had to be painstakingly arranged in rows for the printing press every time they wanted to put out a paper. That feels an awful lot like what he calls me to do with his tiny ornate bits of revelation. Along with this, I once had a vision of myself perusing two secretary desks. I was to choose between the two of them. I remember them being live-edged desks, that beautiful kind of furniture that still looks like it's living. And secretary desks were known for those little slots inside of them where you could store little bits in an orderly way. He has made me someone that stores away every single thing he says, not just in my journals, but in my spirit. I never forget a word he's given. I never forget a visual imprint he put inside me. I never forget the taste or the smell of anything that is of him. I store away the dreams that my friends bring to me. It's like I put them away in a little secretary desk 
or those little typeset cubby holes, and I wait until he wants me to use them. I got a word this winter from two very dear people. This is what they said. You are packing to go to a different land, and you have packed up all of the words that have not been fulfilled yet, and you carry them with you expectantly. That's what I do. I carry all of the little bits, and I wait expectantly, knowing they're going to all fit together someday. They also saw another picture of me walking through a winter wood in a thick mist with only a golden lantern to light the way ahead of me, that even though I could only see short distances in front of me, I followed the light faithfully, step by step. As I said, the Lord does not speak to me in great vistas or about his long-term plans. He gives me daily manna, pieces of bread that sustain for the here and now, for this specific moment. Now as for mantle, by now I know that the mantle that I have received as a prophetic woman has come to me through my mom, lion mama to lion daughter. At the beginning of my journey, I was sitting in deep bitterness, and some of it was her bitterness. My mom had been really hurt and hardened in many ways by the church, and I was wearing a mantle of rags, the leftovers of her hurt, her bitterness. I was wearing it around my shoulders, and it felt like an honor to carry it for her. But the Lord has slowly eased it off my shoulders, has slowly asked me to hand that over because it wasn't the mantle I was meant to wear, but I had a better one. And when my mom died, it passed to me, and I believe it passed to each of us siblings in different ways that are only beginning to make themselves known. But my mom was also a woman who would catch revelation. She could discern the most veiled and hidden things inside people in particular. And she would hold it and honor it and offer it up to them in a package of healing and beauty that would utterly transform people. The same night I saw and heard these things, I also saw my hands gathering together 11 pieces of paper. I knew they represented my journal, pieces of revelation that I had written down and I saw myself handing them over to who I don't know. And I heard the word collated. The word collate means to collect and combine, to bring together. Pondering the number 11 at first leads you to a meaning of disorder, chaos, disordered systems. And while I have certainly had words of warning about growing disorder, I believe the Lord through the word matrix through the picture of the orderly, linear, connected shape of the crown on my head is speaking to how the children of God make sense of the disorder. There is no confusion in the Lord. I once saw a picture of one of those wooden mind-bender puzzles, and they were painted in the colors that represented the current world crisis at the time. And I know he was speaking about how it's all just a puzzle, it's solvable, and he's the one who we get to solve it with. The Holy Spirit will reveal how all the pieces fit together if we only ask. As I was leaning over, taking notes on last night's revelation, I looked down at my phone and it was 11:11. John 11:11. Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I'm going there to wake him up. Deuteronomy 11:11. But the land you are crossing the Jordan to take possession of is a land of mountains and valleys that drink rain from heaven. 
Hebrews 11:11. Through faith, Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed and was delivered of a child long past the age of childbearing because she judged him faithful who had made the promise. I find this very hopeful. I think God's kids all over the world are waking up to who he made them to be. I bet some of you have already been hearing from him yourselves. He's telling you how he made you. He's telling you what he made you for. He's imprinting it deep inside you. He's helping you shed any shame you have around that calling. He's helping you discard any lies you picked up along the way that the enemy deliberately planted to make sure you somehow bypassed or missed living out this thing that he put inside you. I'm excited for you. Lean in and listen. He's calling in the workers. He's looking them in the eye and he's saying, I made you just right for such a time as this. Do you want to hear why? And I think we all do. I think we hear an awful lot from the world around us about how we were made all wrong. But he's saying you were made all right. And this is why, and this is how, and this is what we're going to do with it. Are you in? If you want to interact with any of these episodes, if the Lord has spoken to you about similar things, then I really want to hear about it. This podcast has an Instagram account over at Mildly Prophetic. I'll put that in the show notes. If you hop over there, you can share the things you've seen and heard. You can ask me questions. Basically, you can add your breadcrumbs to mine. And if we gather them all up, then what a feast it'll be.